one pitch, swing and a drive, deep to right field, way up there, way out of here, goodbye baseball. Eight Hit strikeouts it. for the King tonight and make it 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Felix. Strike three called on the outside corner and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Yes, welcome back. Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for being here. Ah, we got a big one today. First, we get to enjoy Felix Hernandez and his dominance against the Texas Rangers afternoon baseball yesterday. A perfect day from Safeco Field. And Felix, well, he made it perfect. He was unbelievable against the Rangers. We'll detail that. We'll hear from him coming up in a few minutes. And then we'll take a quick look at the Colorado Rockies that come in for three this weekend. Big stuff coming your way. We have Rick Riz sitting down with Sean O'Malley, who's been unbelievable since starting his Mariners career. Shannon Dreyer has a fantastic feature on Vidal Nuno, who was simply sensational in the ballgame two games ago. If you've ever wondered what it would sound like for Harry Carey on play-by-play with Felix Hernandez pitching, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it in the form of Derek Holland. <laughs> a really entertaining conversation between Aaron Goldsmith and Derek Holland. Also, Aaron Goldsmith will talk to Jeff Kingston. A very informative conversation. That comes up. And my tribute to Nelson Cruz. Home run number 40. Rare, rare company in Mariners history. So that's going to come up as well. Nelson Cruz going deep now let's start right there Nelson Cruz of course he's been out the last handful of ball games but back in the lineup and boy did he make a monster impact and it didn't take him long going yard for the 40th time this season what an accomplishment tying his career high first pitch to Nelson he swings and lifts it high to right field two looks up it's a courtesy look this is into the seats for a home run Nelson Cruz out to right field. You can count him up. 40 home runs for Nelson Cruz, matching a career high. And it's now 5 to nothing. Mariners in the bottom of the seventh. 5 to nothing, and that was plenty of support for the King, who was dominant. The Kings, 1-2, swing and a miss. He gets them whiffing on a changeup. And Felix collects strikeout number seven at an awfully big time for the punch out here with Beltre at first and Moreland the tying run. And with that, the Rangers have now been held off the board in 15 consecutive innings. The 3 2 to Chew, swing and a pop up. Outside a third, little down the line over Seeger near the seats. And he makes the catch. Kyle Seeger gets back in time in front of the box seats on the third base side. And that will retire the side. What an afternoon for the King. That's going to be it for Felix. Eight very strong shutout innings. He was unbelievable. Eight innings, three hits, no runs. Four walks and eight strikeouts for Felix Hernandez. Win number 17 on the season. His ERA dips down to 3.49. So some things to watch. Obviously claiming win number 17. We've all been watching to see if he can get to that that 20 mark, and he's got a chance to do it. But something I've really been watching closely, and he's getting closer and closer now, and it's just one of these numbers that just points out the kind of career he has had 
at such a young age, and it's remarkable. So Felix Hernandez has already had six seasons of 200-plus innings and 200-plus strikeouts in the same year. Six seasons of that. Already ties him for 12th most in history with that total. Now, to take it a step further, he's done it six years in a row. There's only three pitchers in history that have had more than six seasons in a row of 200 or more strikeouts and 200 more innings pitched in the same season. Felix Hernandez is closing in on seven. Tom Seaver did it nine years in a row. Roger Clemens did it seven years in a row. And Walter Johnson did it seven years in a row. And Felix Hernandez has a chance to join that group, but it's going to be close. The start yesterday and this recent run is really helping. Uh, He has been on a nice roll. Eight innings, no runs. Start before that against Oakland, eight innings, three runs, punched out nine. Start before that again against Oakland, eight innings, two runs, punched out seven. So he's getting close to 200-200. He's got 175 strikeouts, so 25 to go. He's got 183 innings pitched. Looks like innings pitched has a chance to really fall. I think he's got a, a great shot to get to that. Strikeouts, it may depend on his start total. Here's how it breaks down. If he just stayed on turn and they didn't skip anyone, they have a couple of off days coming up, and those are going to be the keys. So if they kept the rotation intact in terms of five guys going, Felix is mapped out to get three more starts the rest of the way. Now, if they skipped a starter on the off days and he just took his turn every fifth day, he would be scheduled to pitch on the very last day of the season, which would give him four more starts. Obviously, a better chance to get to 20 wins, but I think it would be fantastic if he could crawl over the 200-inning pitch, 200-strikeout total. He's already done – it's amazing the things he's done this year is start before last start, passing Roy Holiday on the all-time strikeout list, which I think is impressive. At the age of 29, passing who I think will be a Hall of Famer on a list like that is impressive. But, man, I'd like to see him crawl over 200 in both those regards. So we'll see. We'll see if he gets that fourth start. We don't know yet, but uh, time will tell with the off days coming up. So that's something to watch here down the stretch. But, Boy, it's been fun to watch him deal. After that start in Boston, he gave up 10 earned and two and a third innings, his worst start in terms of earned runs in a start. And he's had a few starts like that, but what's all said and done is ERA sitting at 3.49 and once again on the cusp of 200 plus 200, a whip of 1.16, batting average against of 240. I mean, there's a lot to like about the year that Felix Hernandez has put together once again. Certainly the king, and he dominated the Rangers yesterday. And that was so much fun to watch. Now, the Mariners turn their attention to the Colorado Rockies for three. This should be an interesting series from Safeco Field. Hisashi Iwakuma will take the ball tonight. 7-10 first pitch from Safeco Field. We'll take the air at 6 o'clock for the pregame show. Chad Bettis is going to go for the Rockies. He's 6-5 and five 
with a 4.95 ERA. Roannis Elias scheduled to go on Saturday in game two of the series. That one at 6.10 first pitch on Saturday and then TBA on Sunday. It should be sensational weather all weekend long. And you start to look at the schedule. Sadly, there's only a handful of home games left running out of chances to enjoy Mariners baseball, fantastic weather until we head into the fall and then into the winter. So these are the chances. Get out to the ballpark. Hope, hopefully I'll see you there this weekend as the Mariners take on the Colorado Rockies. Now there's a lot to get to. I want to get first to Felix Hernandez after the game yesterday talking about his start. Here's what he had to say. We got a good mechanic today. Good fastball. Throwing a lot of strike and uh, as well help. You come out and you're getting the ground balls early. Does that tell you that you're really getting the ball where you want it? Yeah, to that was keeping the ball down. I got a good sinker. So, I mean, after that, I just got a mess. I'm breaking my change up. Change up was good today, too. How different is that change up now that you've made that adjustment? I'm throwing down. Uh, before it was up, I mean, it wasn't not a moving at all. And uh, but today it was a definitely a change that I had before. Is that a matter of release point for you? Was that getting a little higher or was that? Yeah, now open it too quick. I mean, trying to stay close and follow through the home play. Is it important to make those changes, especially against division opponents who see you more often? Definitely, sure. I mean, you get, Texas had a pretty good lineup. So you got you to keep the ball down. I mean, everybody out there can hit a home against you. So just keep the ball down and make good pitches. Speaking of home runs, how about Nelson's? Oh, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's the greatest team I ever had, and it's pretty good. Felix, these changes that you make, like, would we, people notice them? Like, if you didn't tell us what we didn't know, tell you. Do you notice? <laughs> I mean, like I said, I mean, different. Trying to stay close, trying to follow the home play and not open it. If I open my ball, it's going to stay up and stay flat. So that's the changes that I make. Did you know you were doing it, though? Like, when you, did you feel it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You feel it when you throw a ball. You see it up. I mean, you're making something different. But it's just two really good ones since the break. Yeah, is there a connection or there you know, just coincidence? Not coincidence. I mean, like I said, I mean, trying to go out there and do my job, and that's what I do every day. What does, what does it do a pitcher's mindset to get a two-run lead in the first inning? That's my mindset. Yeah, just keep it like that. Throw zeros out there. You said a minute ago, Nelson Cruz, best teammate. One of the best teammates I ever had, yeah. I mean, he's so, I mean, so nice. He's great. <laughs> yeah. Good to have that in the clubhouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. 40 homers help being a good teammate? Yep. <laughs> so what about the guy that you were talking with out on the field? Oh, who, Billy? Yeah. <laughs> Talk so much trash. I mean, he's pretty good, too. There it is, always entertaining, Felix Hernandez after the ball game. Now let's turn our attention to Shannon Dreyer, put together a good piece from one great start to another. Wow, a couple of great starts back-to-back against a red-hot Texas Rangers team. And between Nuno and Felix, they just completely drenched the Rangers' offense with cold water. Nuno, awfully impressive. Here's the piece that Shannon Dreyer put together on his start. Seven innings of one-hit ball, shutting out the Rangers, fanning 10. It's the Mariners Clubhouse Insider Report. Shannon Dreyer here at Safeco Field, where last night we saw quite a night from Vidal Nuno. Here's the next pitch. Strike three called. He rings him up. He gets Napoli with the curveball. 
And Vidal Nuno's strikeout parade continues tonight as he's racked up now seven strikeouts as we're one out into the top of the fourth. Nuno picked up his first win in 20 starts and on the way to doing so through seven innings of one-hit ball with a career-high 10 strikeouts against the Texas Rangers. After the game, Rangers manager Jeff Bannister said his team just didn't have answers for him. We had some guys that tried to make some adjustments, and uh, when they when they looked like they were starting to look soft, he, he threw a couple fastballs in on in on our hands and uh, seemed to just keep a soft bounce. He had everything going for him tonight. Uh, the secondary stuff seemed to be sharp, a lot of movement on it, and it, it made it tough on our guys. And look, this is this is a guy when you look at his numbers uh, out of the bullpen, he's got he's got really good numbers. As a starter, he he's he struggled. But uh, felt like that that the approach didn't work for us tonight. According to Nuno, a change with the changeup was the difference maker. Uh, it was uh, my little delivery. I changed my delivery up a little bit today, so um, that worked out. So I might keep it and just uh, keep on working at it and just uh, strive and get ready for my next outing. So. How and why did you change that up? Uh, it's just staying back a little bit more. Uh, it has a little bit more depth to it now. So. Um, and it's just the timing of the hitters, uh, just trying to uh, get them off balance and everything. So. Bannister agrees his hitters could not get their timing. Really good secondary stuff. The, the breaking ball and the changeup that he had kept us off balance. He threw just enough fastballs at the right location to, to speed us up, to slow us, slow us back down, and kept us, kept us honest pretty much all night. He, 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 he showed some moxie, really, with the different deliveries and uh, the different rhythms in his delivery, quick, a little slower. Uh, so it's, remember, hitting is, 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 a lot of hitting is rhythm. And he kept us off balance and out of rhythm and he used, used pitches and moved out of the strike zone. The 3-2 pitch on the way, strike three called, got him looking. The ball disappeared on the way to the plate, reappeared in Barron's mitt. And down goes Torinos. That is the 10th punch out of the ball game for Vidal Nuno. He has set down nine in a row, and he has shut out the Texas Rangers through seven innings. What a start this has been. Ten strikeouts was a first for Nuno, but Mark Trumbo, who was a teammate of Nuno's in Arizona, was not surprised. It was outstanding. I saw quite a few of those outings last year in Arizona. Um, I mean, the, the pace of play when he pitches is exceptional. You love playing defense behind him, and he throws strikes. And, um, and he can have some really quick games. This might statistically be his best, but he had many last year that were really, really quality good too, or really good too. Sorry. According to Bannister, sometimes you just have to tip your cap. I mean, you tip your hat to a guy that had really good stuff tonight. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like that he was just up there throwing pitches in the heart of the plate. It was there were some tough pitches that he threw to us tonight. As for Nuno, it was nice to get that win after 20 starts. Oh yeah, definitely excited. And everything. Just, uh, after 45 since last year, it was just a guy, everything, just uh, going to shake everyone's hands and everything. So that's a great feeling right there. So, and now a sensational conversation going in depth. Aaron Goldsmith with Jeff Kingston. Jeff, we thank you for giving us a few minutes to talk about some of the more advanced metrics that are such a big part of what you do on a daily basis. And we'll start with WAR, wins above replacement. It's kind of a slippery slope because different sources have different ways of calculating this metric. How do you go about processing wins above replacement? Sure, yeah. I think from my standpoint, WAR, it's a, it's a general guideline that, that we like to use to help quantify 
and value um, <clears throat> how, how much the players are worth to their teams. And you know, I, I guess I would caution first and foremost that it's not it's not an end all be all. It's it, like I said earlier, it's it's a guideline that we use. There's a lot of there's a, some limitations to it. Um, there's some things that it, it can't it can't cover. But um, you know, I think the analytic community relates to it so well because it, it kind of boils down a player's value to one number, and they they like to use that to help with MVP debates, Cy Young debates, thing, things of that nature. So. Um, at, at the end of the day, you know, we have our own internal war numbers, if you will, that, that we use that are probably slightly different than the public ones. Your own way of, of calculating it, you're saying? Correct. Our own way, our own formulas. We have our own defensive metrics. Um, and so different, you'll see different war numbers on different websites. They have different formulas that they use. You know, and, and I think you know, for the most part, it does a pretty good job of, of covering a player's true value. But you know, like I said earlier, there's also some limitations to it. I'm so glad you brought up defensive metrics because this is something that Mike Blowers and I have talked about a number of times on the air and Rick as well about so many times people want to throw out a zone rating or some other type of defensive metric, but it seems like it's so flawed, especially now with shifts. I mean, if you've got a second baseman that you line up on the third base side of second shifting on a right-handed hitter and he makes three plays that go down 4-3, well, does that mean that he ranged over that far when really he just maybe moved a half foot how do you go about kind of deciphering the defensive metrics and which ones are good and which ones aren't because it seems like there, there could be some holes in those swings sure yeah I think you know defensive metrics were, were probably one of the first things that really stir a lot of debate between scouts and and the sabermetric community and the and the, the shifts themselves I think are almost making the baseball community come come full circle and that's basically making the UZR and his own rating stuff obsolete because when guys play completely out of their zone, those those rates and those statistics basically aren't worth a whole lot anymore. And, and you'll, you're starting to see more metrics now, more video scouting, companies like Baseball Info Solutions that basically track where a player starts from and how far they're going to get the ball. So that if a player is getting a plus one for a play in the zone rating, but the ball was hit right to him, those, those types of video scouting data points help help make those other help make sense of what the what the zone ratings are supposed to do. So the, sh- the shifting themselves is, is taking a lot away from the, the initial UZR and zone rating information to where, you know, it, you, really, you really have to get, like, the StatCast type data that, that kind of deep to make, make any sense out of it. Has StatCast changed the way that front offices look at the game? Because it certainly has on TV and on radio. Yeah, I can only I can only answer for one organization. Um, we're we're about ankle deep in the Statcast data, so um, we're still trying to figure it out. It's billions and billions of data points. Um, I think it certainly has the potential a few years from now to change the way we look at players and evaluate them. Jeff, I, I feel like this could be an, an ongoing conversation for some time. This is so interesting to get your perspective on things. And thanks so much for the time. My pleasure. And here's Rick Riz with one of the newcomers. Great conversation here with Sean O'Malley chance to visit with uh, new Mariners infielder outfielder Sean O'Malley and Sean before we talk about uh, switch hitting that's what I want to talk to you about a few days ago over in Houston you made your Mariner debut now you're a kid that grew up in uh, Kennewick Washington what in the world was that like for you you know it's great you know back that I'm in a Mariners uniform and uh, close to home uh, it's, it's a true blessing a lot of fans a lot of family going crazy back home in Kennewick for you oh yeah they're going nuts uh, got 
you know, people write my sister, write my mom, and, you know, texted me, and, you know, all the support has been uh, uh, truly a blessing. Well, it's nice to have you here, and besides that, you had a heck of a debut against the uh, Astros. Sean, I want to talk to you here on Rick's Tips about switch hitting. You're a switch hitter. You bat from both sides of the plate. When did you start to uh, switch hit? <laughs> it's actually a funny story. I started when I was uh, 19, uh, my second year of pro ball. Yeah, I... Uh, Rookie ball, my first year, I got really, uh, I was getting frustrated. I wasn't hitting as well as I, I thought I was going to. And so I jumped in the cage left-handed, and I started hitting line drives. Next thing you know, I go to instructional league my first year, and they're like, hey, you're going to switch hit. And so ever since then, it's been a grind. So basically it was your idea, but who really encouraged you to hit from the other side at that point? Uh, when I was at Tampa Bay, the hitting coordinator and the you know front office people uh, checked it out and they're like hey let's give it a shot you know the way he runs you know it could be a you know a tool for him and you know at first it was uh, very uh, testing and uh, you went through a lot of ups and downs but I stuck with it and you know now it's starting to become uh, more natural. So you jump over to the left side in the batting cage you, you feel kind of good but when did it first to feel start to feel natural from the left side of the plate in a game? Uh, probably not honestly till about three or four years into it is when I start to be able to like figure out adjustments on my own and uh, realize like oh this is how I correct you know rolling over this is how I correct uh, you know my hips from leaking or this or that so you know it took took a, uh, a good while so if you're going to start I recommend you do it young. <laughs> yeah, a lot of kids start off you know at a young age but that's good you picked it up when you did because it's such an advantage to hit from both sides of the plate. Uh, tell me a little bit about the progression how do you keep both sides going during the course of the year you know when you when you you know in batting practice how many swings you take from the right side from the left side to be ready during the game and usually you know I, I take more left just because it's kind of became my routine you know and uh, naturally I've always been a right-handed hitter so it kind of comes to me a little bit easier sometimes sometimes it doesn't but uh, uh, I just try to come up with a routine that works for me and stick with that every day uh, whether it's more if we're facing a lefty that night, I might take more swings from the right side. If it's a righty, most of the time, I'm, I'm going to take more swings from the left. Tell me a little bit about how do you keep both swings. Are, are you the same type of hitter from both sides of the plate as a switch hitter? Uh, somewhat. I feel like I have more pop from the right side, but I don't get as many at-bats. And left-handed, I'm more of, uh, I know I feel more comfortable bunting from the left side. I can utilize that in my game. I get a couple steps out of the box early, so, you know, with two strikes, I'm not trying to do too much left-handed. I'm just trying to put the ball in play. And, you know, right-handed, maybe I'm – even with two strikes, I'm still trying to get a, a pitch I can still drive into the gap. Visited with Sean O'Malley here on Rick's Tips. And, Sean, besides being a switch hitter, you can play multiple positions. I think that's got to really help you out. You can play the infield. I've seen you do that. Played the outfield the other day. When you made your Mariner debut, you were out in center field. Normally, I think you started off as, as probably a middle infielder. What was it like – going to the outfield you look very good out in center field the other day in Houston you know it's uh you know I did start off as an infielder but you know when we first got the outfield you know people are like oh you play middle infield you can play anywhere and it's not that like that it's it's a lot tougher than what people think you know the balls are a lot higher in the air they're moving really really <laughs> fast and you're trying to get good angles good reads uh but you know it's been an adjustment and you know I've looked I've looked forward to the challenges and uh I'm still trying to get better every single day what's been some of the tougher plays for you out there in the outfield Oh, those line drives right at you that are knuckling, and you're like, do I come in? Do I stay here? You're second-guessing yourself. It looks like you're dancing out in the outfield. But uh, those ones and the balls that are hit straight over your head and trying to make that Willie Mays catch. Or, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, 
also also having a feel for where the wall's at at the same time because next thing you know, two steps later, you're running into the wall. <laughs> What's your favorite spot in the infield? Uh, anywhere my name is on the lineup card, but, uh, uh, you know, second and short I feel really comfortable with, and I I don't have a preference anymore, really, just as long as I'm in the lineup. Well, I'll tell you what, you look comfortable no matter where you are in the infield or the outfield. It's great to have you here in the Mariners organization after all those years in the minor leagues growing up in the state of Washington. Sean, thanks a lot for the visit. Appreciate it. Well, thank you. And this is funny. Uh, the loser of the ball game yesterday, Derek Holland, this is a great pitching matchup heading into the ball game. Felix and Holland. Holland's been pitching so well. Very funny, very entertaining guy. Master impressionist. Here's Aaron Goldsmith with Derek Holland. Derek, it's been tough to watch from afar the last two seasons for you, plagued by injuries, a severe knee injury, and then most recently your shoulder causing you to miss so much time this season. After previous seasons where you averaged over 30 starts a year, what have you learned the most about yourself during this time away from the game that you obviously love the most? Uh, it's just helped out mentally with my mental approach to the game and getting myself prepared. You know, I'm not letting an injury like this slow me down. Uh, obviously, the past two years have been frustrating. It's not something that I ever want to ever happen or have ever happened to anybody as well. But it, it makes you find yourself and realize how bad you really want this. And uh, I've continued to push myself. My staff has done a good job of uh, getting me back out there and, and help me out mentally, physically, and doing everything it takes to get me back out on the field. And once I get back out on the field, I make sure that I back them up for what they've done to show that I'm ready to go every time I step the foot on the mound. And you know, I was uh, reliable before, but now i got to continue to uh, get that back again and, and show that I, I can be healthy and I can stay for a full season. Derek, you're known for your hilarious impressions. And you and Ryan Dimster, another guy who just is off the charts funny when it comes to the impressions. You guys shared a clubhouse together in Texas in 2012. What was that like sharing a clubhouse with, well, maybe the other guy who at one point was one of the funniest in baseball? Uh, I mean, I, I don't credit myself as the funniest guy. I just, like I said, you just got to have a sense of humor and, and, and a personality. Show me, you know, you're not just a robot. But having Dempster around, I mean, we had some we had some good moments. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we did a lot of the, the Harry Carey stuff and just everything we would do. I mean, just the impersonations, talking. We would commentate the game as we're watching it in those voices. Uh, I do that with Colby Lewis every once in a while. So, I mean, it's, it's just you just got to enjoy yourself, live in that moment. We know and we've heard so much of the Harry Carey, and it's fantastic. What is your favorite impression? Um, the one that I, I like to do a lot, <clears throat> and I do it with little kids, is uh, the Kermit the Frog. And, uh, well, see, I am tr trying to come out and talk to as many kids as I can, and, you know, it's a little hard after time after time, and you get caught up in the moment, and sometimes Miss P doesn't like it when I get out there. So you just, you know, you got to change it up, but at the other times, uh, I've had some good Uber rides with doing <laughs> <coughs> doing Borat, and uh, you know I would I would get in the car and well I am very nice to be here. It is uh, in Seattle. There are so many nice people. They uh, treat me with uh, respect. I have uh, been very excited. I uh, pitch here on Thursday against a friend. He is a uh, King of Felix. I don't know where his kingdom is, but uh, I want to see it. <laughs> so you, you gotta. You got to keep pressing that. And one that Colby Lewis really likes is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll commentate a game. I listen to me. It's the bottom of the ninth. Here we are. Sean Tullison's out there. He's about to throw a fastball here. Hopefully, he will strike him out. I don't know, but we'll find out anyway. So you just, like I said, you just got to have fun with it. You bring up Felix. You are facing Felix. How would Harry Carey do play-by-play -play well, when watching Felix Hernandez pitch? <laughs> 
Well, I mean, it's first of all, it's going to be an exciting battle. I, I love watching him pitch, so I want to say, you know, hats off to King Felix. <laughs> I love his King's Court and everything. But, <clears throat> hey, it's, we've got King Felix matching up with this guy from the Dutchlands, Derek Holland. He's got himself a nice fastball that comes in there pretty fast. Some would say it's real fast. I like watching Felix. He has this problem with his foot. It's incredible. It balances around. He has the high socks and he comes low socks. You don't know what kind of socks he's going to wear. He wears a crown on the mound because he strikes people out. He's a king of the castle, as my friend Borat would call him. It's outstanding. Come on, guys. Derek, it's an absolute pleasure. We enjoy your sense of humor. Welcome to Seattle. And well, it won't be easy against the King, and it won't be easy against you. We're looking forward to the pitching matchup. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, this, like I said, this is a beautiful place, so love coming here. And finally, Nelson Cruz smashing his 40th home run of the season, and he joins some pretty impressive company. Today we celebrate a big accomplishment as Nelson Cruz yesterday with one swing of the bat joined very elite company in Mariners history. First pitch to Nelson. He swings and lifts it high to right field. Chu looks up. It's a courtesy look. This is into the seats for a home run. Nelson Cruz out to right field. You can count him up. 40 home runs for Nelson Cruz matching a career high and it's now 5 to nothing Mariners in the bottom of the 7th. Nelson Cruz bashing his 40th home run of the season. He becomes the fourth Mariner ever to hit 40 or more home runs in a season. The first, Ken Griffey Jr. in 1993. The pitch on the way to Jr. Swung on and a high fly ball. Belted deep to center. Gladden to the track. To the wall. Makes the leap. Fly away as it bounces off the top of the wall. And Jr. has joined the 40 club. And that wouldn't be the only time Griffey would pass 40. He did it again in 96, 97, 98, and 1999. Here comes the 3-0 pitch to Jr. He swings and a high fly ball. Belted green to the track. The wall. Griffey topped out in 97 and 98 with 56 home runs, most in Mariners history for a single season. Jay Buhner, he reached 40 or more three times in his Mariners career. Pitch on the way, swinging a drive deep to left field. We have liftoff. Goodbye baseball. Upper deck in left field. Down the line. Jay Buhner reaches the upper deck in left field here with a king. The bone hit 40 in 95, in 96 went deep 44 times, and then in 97 reached 40 for the third time. The only other Mariner to reach 40 or more home runs, Alex Rodriguez. In 98, he hit 42. In 99, same thing, 42 again. And in the year 2000, he reached 41. And for Nelson Cruz, reaching 40 in his first season in a Mariner's uniform, 
But the slugger, very humble about the accomplishment. I mean, numbers are numbers, like I said before, you know, and I like to just focus on gains, you know, and what I can do to help my team on gains. As they come, you know, they're going to come. Um, at the end of the season, you're going to have time to realize what you did. And the question is now, how many will he hit this year? Boom, 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 boom. And the 1-1 one, one pitch. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to left field. Going, going, goodbye baseball, way out of here. Nelson Cruz. With his first home run in the Mariner uniform. Pitched by Gregerson. Swinging a high drive. Deep to left field. This one's going to the locomotive. And it hits the train. Onto the track. It hit the train out in left center field. The one-two. Swinging this is hammered on a line to center field. Goes going back. And there it goes. A home run. And that was hit a ton. Nelson Cruz. Baseball destroyed. This is my boomstick. Lewis peers over the webbing of his glove. He kicks and fires away. Swing, and this is pummeled high. This is up by the light towers. This is gone inside the bullpen. Get out the stopwatch for some hang time. Nelson Cruz, a 19-game hitting streak. It ties the career best, and it's his 12th home run. Congratulations again to Nelson Cruz, tying a career high, bashing his 40th home run yesterday. See you later!